if you want me to go on this trip, I'm going to have to get home. There's going to have to be a pile of money in my mailbox. Otherwise, I guess I'm not going to Argentina, Lord. So I just left it at that. And, you know, I still believe anything's possible. You know how that goes. But it wasn't looking too likely. Well, I came home and opened the mailbox, pulled out this envelope, opened it up, and there was $1,100, a check for $1,134 that I wasn't expecting in the mailbox. (laughs) So I just thank you, Lord. I'm going to Argentina. There's the money. So I took that as confirmation I was supposed to go, I guess. So, uh, amen. So, Lord, we just thank you for your provision for us. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful. Lord, and even though you like to make us wait to the last minute sometimes, God, you care about our finances, Lord, and you care about every little area of our life. And so, God, we just give you praise and thanks for all that you've given us and all that you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. So if our ushers could come forward, we're going to take that up. And uh, again, I'll just start this little bottle over here on one side. And when it gets to the back, if you pass it to the next to the next group there. That was a great testimony, wasn't it? Amen. Thank you, Lord. How, that, the dance was really good at the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. definitely. Where's definitely at? That right there. All right. Amen. Um, you know, that's really uh, something that God wants to do more of is that kind of expression of worship. And so, you know, we need to allow the Lord to express himself in us in ways that may not be the average way. You understand what I'm saying? I, that's what I, you know, I, I really believe that would be important. Um, George, stand up, man. George. Not George? Okay. It's not George? Okay. Gosh, he looks like... Okay. I was thinking that was George. I was thinking, how did he get home? Okay. Well, you know what we need to do this morning? This is what we need to do. Let's stand up. We have been praying for the troops over there, and I believe that it would be a big mistake for us to feel like everything's going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think everything is okay. I mean, the Lord did bless, bless uh, you know, that situation in Iraq, but really a lot of the prophets and people who really... And even a lot of politicians believe that is just one battle in an ongoing war. In other words, we won that battle, but this war is not over with. Uh, you know, the war on terrorism. And, and I just really feel like, you know, that's, that's probably why I thought that was George. Is the Lord really wants us to pray this morning. So, Father, we really want to pray, Lord. And we don't want to get smug uh, like we always seem to do when we have some success. Um. Lord, I believe there's, there's critical things that lie ahead for us as a nation. And I just pray this morning, Lord, that we as the body of Christ could really uh, hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, I just pray for that spirit of Issachar who, that said in the Scripture they understood the times and knew what to do. 
Father, help us not to be blind uh, like uh, lambs being led to the slaughter, uh, like a hook in our nose, and we're just blindly going, and there's a great, uh, a great ledge in front of us that we could fall off if we're not careful and we're not seeing. So I just pray that, Lord, for the, first for the church, for your people, Lord, that we would be prophetic people and we would really see what's really going on in the world today, Lord. God, we're asking you for that this morning. We wouldn't, I pray, God, that we wouldn't be people who are just influenced by the news media and by what politicians may say, Lord. But, Lord, we'd be people that would really understand what the Spirit is saying. And say, so, Lord, we ask you to speak to us about world events. We ask you to show us what's really going on. And, Lord, let us not lay our guard down uh, and, and become smug in our thing and, and, and believe if the economy's okay and there's jobs, everything's okay, Lord, because that's really not the way that we should be looking at it. So I just pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus that you would just give us that understanding heart. And we do pray for our soldiers. We pray for our president. We pray that you would give them wisdom to really wage this war, Lord. And, Lord, if, if, as, as some have said, if, if World War III has already started and these are battles in this war and we are just sitting here oblivious, Lord, forgive us. And, God, reveal to our hearts the criticality of the hour that we're living in. And cause us to be people who would really pursue after you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. I'm um, going to introduce our speaker this morning. Uh, Dennis DeGrasse, who has spoken here a few times, is here to, to share with us this morning. And Dennis is a very prophetic guy. We had him at the men's meeting. We had a men's meeting yesterday. And he prayed for, our, for all the men individually. And really very accurate very accurate words over each of the guys, I felt like. Uh, and he comes from a little bit of a different stream uh, prophetically. You know, we've been influenced a lot by the Morningstar prophetic stream, which is pretty tremendous. But his, he comes from Bill Hammond's stream, which is another pretty, uh, probably it's a much older stream, really, than what uh, Morningstar is doing. But that's, it was a, that's, I guess that's really where you got your start as far as prophetic ministry is. It's through this ministry of a man named Bill Hammond, who's like an older prophet. Um, so here's the thing about Dennis. I like Dennis, okay? I like him not just because of his gift, but I like him because I can relate to him. Dennis is a very relational person. In other words, that's what's important to him is relationship. It's not he's just trying to have a ministry and trying to do something, but he's a, a relational person. And I believe that is really what's on the heart of God is relationship. That's what the, how the kingdom of God works is through relationships. Read the Bible and read all the names that are mentioned in some of Paul's letters uh, and, and just how Jesus operated. Jesus operated on a very relational level. Some of Jesus' greatest messages preached were not to crowds, but they were to maybe one or two or three or maybe the twelve. And that's really the kingdom of God. And we've got this event mentality in our hearts, which I believe is counterproductive for the church. And I'm looking for people who have a kingdom heart. And I believe Dennis has a kingdom heart. So I want to welcome Dennis and thank you for, for coming. So, Lord bless you and, you know, have liberty in the Spirit. Well, happy Mother's Day. When I was a pastor, one of the little guys came up to me on Mother's Day and said, Happy Mother's Day. So, happy Mother's Day, y'all. Praise the Lord. It says Mother's Day, isn't it? 
Okay, right, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, you know, as I, I spent some time in uh, prayer for you as a fellowship before I came down here, which is my custom, uh, and as I was praying, I really heard the Lord say that he was really working in the hearts of a lot of the saints that are connected with this work and that there was a lot of stretching going on. Anybody in that spot, you know, and uh, it may be with you like it was with me a few years ago. The Lord spoke a word one day and I was ministering actually in our second annual missionary conference in the, the church I was pastoring at the time over on the eastern shore in Delaware. And, and I was up there before the people and the Lord just dropped this word in my heart. And uh, he said, you may be comfortable where you are in me, but I'm not comfortable where I am in you. <laughs> and as I was looking at the people, I said, these rascals need to hear this. This is for them, you know, but, but <laughs> it actually was for me. <laughs> and uh, that was the beginning of woes, as they say. And, uh, <laughs> you know, God wants out, doesn't he? He's in us, but he wants out. And, uh, you know. He wants to accomplish things, and uh, there's the possibilities are endless of what God can do. I'm just a chicken farmer from Maine. That's where I grew up and uh, was raised on a poultry farm, and then I became a carpet installer. And, you know, I've, I, I didn't have any seminary training. I've never written a bunch of books or been on television or wanted to be. But in spite of that, I've traveled. All, I'm full-time in the ministry uh, on the road you know, for the last uh, ten and a half years, and before that, I've I've been in the ministry full time since 1975, and planted a couple of churches, and have had a lot of different kind of responsibilities in the work of the Lord. Was a worship leader for a season, and I mean, you know, God's just so good. Now, who would have ever thought that a fellow, an old chicken farmer from Maine, would get to go? I just went to France, regardless of what you might think about France right now. But uh, I, I just came back from uh, Normandy and uh, meeting of the French saints over there. And I thank God that the, the saints are saints wherever you find them. Amen. And, uh, you know, they're precious people, love the Lord, appreciate us, uh, America, appreciate American Christians. And uh, what a privilege. You see, you just never know where the anointing will take you. You know, the Bible says a man's gifts will make room for him. But uh, what the Lord showed me, too, was that he said that you're a church that loves to receive. You love good teaching, and you love to receive the blessing and the presence of the Lord, and you love people to come and speak into your lives. But he said one of the problems was that many of you didn't have outlets. And, of course, that's how the Dead Sea became the Dead Sea, isn't it? Because it just it's always receiving, but there's no outlet in it. And finally, after a while, it just had so much stuff in there that nothing could live there. And so, uh, you know, there's that danger in many Christians' lives that we're good receivers, but we have to be... In line with God, someone once called it the law of divine flow. <laughs> See, God's a giver, isn't he? And he's always giving and always flowing and always blessing. And so if we're going to be really in the flow, then we not only need to be receivers, but we need to allow it to go through us and bless other people. Jesus said after the Holy Ghost has come upon us, he said there will be a river of living water that will flow out of our innermost being to go out and refresh people and touch people in the world. But uh, sometimes it gets blocked up with stuff, doesn't it? And uh, I remember, uh, you know, that uh, I think one place it talked about springing up, being like a spring. And I remember as a, a young fellow in Maine, we had a camp up in a pond, Beach Hill Pond. And uh, you'd probably call it a lake. It was about three miles long and a mile across. But we just call that a pond up there. And uh, 
And we, we didn't uh, have a, a well or anything, but just down this little gravel road, there was a spring that bubbled up out of the ground. You could just go down there and move the leaves and stuff. I would dip up a bucket of water, and you could drink it. It was just sweet, good cold water. Even in the summertime, it was just ice cold water. And when I read that about sp- something springing up, I just sort of, that was what was in my mind. And then one day I had my family down at Silver Springs in Florida. Anybody ever been to Silver Springs? We were in that big glass bottom boat, and I was looking down there just amazed. And while I was doing that, the Lord spoke to me just like he said, this is what I had in mind. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, I'd been, I don't know how long ago I'd been, I'd had that thought about the spring. It's sort of like, the Lord is like that guy who supposedly, he was a, uh, an interviewer, you know, a newspaper man. And he traveled all around America looking for people to interview with unusual stories. And he went to this little town way out west somewhere, and he had stopped there for a cup of coffee and a piece of pie, and he was talking to the, the person that owned the, the, uh, the little diner, and he said, uh, you know, I want to know what he did. And he said, well, I'm a reporter, and I look for unusual stories. He says, we got an unusual story right here in town. He said, what's that? Well, we've got this old Indian that uh, he must be 100 years old, and he can remember everything. He has a perfect memory. You know, and so he said, well, that's okay. So he, he said, I'm going to go interview him, and he walked over to him, and the, the uh, old gentleman sitting under a tree, just kind of taking it easy. And he said, uh, I've heard it uh, spoken that you can remember everything that's ever happened in your life. He says, that's right. He said, well, let me tell you something. Let me ask you a question. On May the 3rd, uh, 1920, he said, what did you have for breakfast? He said, eggs. You know, and he was just amazed, you know, and he didn't really believe him. But, uh, you know, he thought, well, you know, and he went on about his way and was interviewing people. Three or four years later, he wandered back through that town again, and there's that same old Indian sitting up against the tree, and he walked up to him, and to be friendly, he said, how? The guy said, scrambled. <laughs> See, now that's the way God is. So here I was years before thinking about a spring and this little bubbly spring, and here it was years later, you know, and it was like, no gap for God. And then God said, this is what I had in mind. So he remembered that thought that I had. He remembered that that uh, that view that I had of the Holy Ghost. And I believe some of us are like that. We'd be happy if there'd just be a little spring bubbling up. But God has something different in mind. He's got he has a river in mind. If you read the scriptures, you'll discover that river that came out from the throne and went down through the threshold and out. It was at first just a little river that you could wade in. We call that a brook. You could just wait it and splash around in it. But the further away it got in distance and time, the bigger river it became. And finally it became a river that you could actually swim in. And, of course, this was uh, the anointing of God that we're enjoying. And uh, sometimes we think about the good old days, what it must have been like back in the days of the early church. And uh, they moved in an anointing. But if that's really true, if that concept is true, then we should expect a greater anointing than they had. We should expect deeper waters. I remember being in the church one day, and I just had this vision. It was so funny. It was like all these about 100 people lined up on a riverbank. And they were all crouched down, getting ready to jump into this, this river. But they all had these little dinghies around, under their, these little donut things under their arms. And it was so comical. Because what I saw was people that wanted to get in the water, but they weren't quite sure. <laughs> they didn't want to get in over their head. You're not getting this, are you? I can... Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're going to really see God move, we're going to have to get in over our head. We're going to have to get in beyond where we can touch bottom. We're going to have to trust God in the deep places of his will for our life and allow him to take us into places where we are not comfortable. 
but where he is perfectly comfortable. <laughs> you know, I, I suppose you've learned by now to never say never. I'll never do that. I'll never go there. You'll never catch me. <laughs> That's just like throwing the challenge down before God, isn't it? The very often the things that we never want to do are the very things God's called us to do. That's the nature of the flesh, to always want to run contrary to the will of God in your life. You ever notice that? The very places that you've wanted to avoid the most, that when somehow God ends up getting you there, you realize, hey, this is a blessing. Why did I want to avoid this? And people that perhaps you wouldn't want to meet or have anything to do with, and once you meet, you say, these are great people. Why have I been avoiding them? Why have I been afraid of them? It's because our flesh always runs contrary. We have to learn the difference between our flesh and our spirit, don't we? God gives us a thing called the anointing. And that anointing is what helps us and prepares us and equips us and empowers us to do the purpose that God's created us for. How many realize you've been created for a purpose? You're not just supposed to be cute little things that sit on his little knick-knack shelf. Aren't they cute? Aren't they precious? I got this one down in Greenville. I say this one over in Waynesville. This one comes from Alaska. This was a hard one, the one in Alaska. Here's this one, boy. And all these little trophies on God's... No, we've not been called to be little knick-knacks on God's shelf. We've been called to work for the Lord. He's empowered us to do things for Him. He's given us talents and abilities. And then there's even things that are in us that we don't even know it's there. We've never thought about it. You don't know how many people I've ministered to about music or different things. Have you ever wanted? I never even thought. You come back a year or two later, and there they are playing on the worship band, doing a great job. Never thought about it. Never even really had much of a desire for it, but it was inside of them, and God just stirred it up and brought it to the surface, and they had a lot more talent than they ever realized. And that's the way it is with many of us, this anointing. But, you know, we've made it sometimes to be, well, you know, just a part of what it is, you know. Do you enjoy coming and meeting with God and the God in the room? <laughs> you know, the goosebumps. How many of you love goosebumps? Do you like your hair standing on it? You don't need to answer that right now. You don't have to stand up very high as short as you keep your hair. Now, a fellow like me, I need some a real move of God to get my hair up. But, but uh, you know that. And listen, there's nothing wrong with the goosebumps. There's nothing wrong with the hair standing on end. There's nothing wrong being knocked flat on your back, not being able to get up or crawling across the carpet because you're too drunk. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But if that's all you think the anointing is, you've missed something. Because <laughs> I've seen the anointing moving in times when I didn't even feel God near. I've seen some tremendous physical healings when I didn't feel a thing. I mean, powerful things that have happened in people's lives. There was no feeling to do with it. It was just simply following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, which is just simply God whispering things in your mind. I don't know if you've discovered it yet, but when God talks to me, He sounds an awful lot like me. <laughs> How many of you have discovered that? Not that He sounds like me, but when He talks to you, He sounds like you. <laughs> you know... I'd be a little worried if God sounded like me when he talked to you. But when he talks to you, he sounds like you. You know, and that makes it difficult because if he at least talked with some kind of an accent. Amen. Huh? That's probably it. I was in England the last trip and I told the people there, I says, uh, you, you can probably tell I'm not from here. I'm the only person without an accent. <laughs> I'm not sure they appreciated that, but, uh, you know what? Well, at least if he could have like maybe a Jewish accent or something, you know, he'd say, oy vey, or something, you know, something that would let us know that this is God, it's not me. 
Wouldn't that be great? Or somebody would ring a bell or something would happen, smoke signals, lightning bolts or something, but you're just going about your business, all of a sudden in comes this little thought. Did you all ever have a thought in church? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> Some of the wives are looking at my husband, their husbands saying, not only does he not have thoughts in church, I don't think he ever has thoughts anywhere. But uh, <laughs> thinking can be dangerous, can it? Because sometimes God will just invade our thoughts and just next thing you know, this thing comes in our mind and, and uh, that can very well be the Lord. But sometimes it's so innocuous, there's no feelings, there's no goosebumps, there's no hair standing on end. It just Sometimes it sends a cold chill down your spine because of what God's asking you to do. You know that $1,000 you got squirreled away back in your wallet? I want you to give it. Get behind me, devil. I know God. I got that new shotgun. I'm going to get up and saving and believing for that thing. And Sometimes it can challenge us because it'll take us places we don't want to go. Sometimes it'll challenge us because it doesn't make sense. God asked Noah to build something that had never been built before in preparation for something that had never happened. Think about that. How odd he must have felt. And all his generation, his wife asking him, are you sure you heard from God? His boy saying, Daddy, I sure hope this is God. We've been working on this thing. Seemed like a hundred years. <laughs> are we ever going to get it built? But see, it takes a, a relationship, doesn't it? God wants us to have this relationship that he was talking about. Faith comes out of our relationship with God. And the closer our relationship we have with him, the greater our faith is. Because faith is really nothing more than just having confidence in God. That's all it is. That you have confidence that God's not out to get you. How many realize that? He's not out to hurt you, is he? He's out to kill you. To get, get real about this thing. He's not just out to hurt you. He's going to kill you so that you can live. There's things that need to die. There's concepts we have. And, you know, we're thinking little spring and God's thinking mighty river. We're just thinking, well, maybe if I'm lucky, the Lord will give me somebody to witness to. And he's thinking thousands saved through your ministry. We're thinking, well, maybe I can muster up my faith and put $5 in the plate. And God is saying, no, you're going to give millions before it's over. See, God always thinks bigger than we do because he's not limited by our thoughts. Faith will take you places your intellect will never let you go. Faith will take you places your intellect will never let you go. Your mind will try to talk you out of it. You say, how could I do that? How could that? But see, faith will let us go because we have confidence in the God who's taken us. We have confidence in the God who's leading us. The Bible said Abraham believed God. And the Bible says when all hope was dead, he's still in hope against hope. That was always a strange. How can you be in hope but against hope at the same time? Because God waited until there was nothing in the natural that could be done. He waited until it was too late. He waited until Abraham was so old that it would be impossible for him to have children. Just no hope anymore. The possibility of it happening. But, but against all that, he, he got a word from God. And the Bible says when he believed it, God enabled him. Now, I don't know anybody that as old as Abraham was would want to start a family. Some of us are just waiting, aren't we? Oh, God. Are they ever going to grow up? And here he was, almost 100 years old, excited about having a baby. My goodness. Huh? That would be God, wouldn't it? But God did it. That would take God to be excited about it or God to do it. 
Yeah, I got you. Okay. We won't go there. <laughs> it would take both, wouldn't it? God and both. And so God wants to do great things in our life, and the anointing is the thing that makes it happen. And so what is the nature of the anointing? It's more than a feeling. And very oftentimes it's moving when there's no feelings at all or the feelings we're having are adverse to what we might think the anointing is. We might feel fear or we might feel, you know, just a little bit unprepared for what God wants us to do. I remember for years thinking every year, well, this is the year God's going to release me from having to do secular work and I'm going to go for it. And I'm ready, Lord, I'm ready. I remember year after year that, God, I'm ready. This is going to be the year. Another year, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, st- I'm, I'm ready to go. Then one day the Lord spoke to me audibly in my car. He said, I want you to start a church. And I looked over in the seat next to me. I thought somebody, it was so audible. I, I looked over. I was alone in the car. I looked over in the seat. I thought God was sitting next to me. Do you know what the first thing out of my mouth was? Guess. God, I'm not ready. <laughs> See, the, the anointing runs contrary to what your emotions will want to do. I remember getting a word of knowledge for a, a man not too far from here, Orange, uh, South Carolina. Is it Orangeburg? Or, yeah. yeah, and uh, we were down there ministering, and, and uh, this word of knowledge came. There's someone with a problem with their joint stiffness, and this gentleman came up, real distinguished-looking fellow, three-piece suit, probably up into his 70s, and he said, it's me. He said, I can't even turn my hand any further than this. It just won't go any further. I'm stiff all over and in pain. So I started to pray, and boldness came on me. And I said, I want you to just, I said, turn that hand over. And he went like this. When he did it, it went pop. I mean, you could hit a whole church just kind of. And I thought, first thing in my mind, oh, God, he broke his arm. <laughs> Faith will take you places your mind won't let you go. You know, I mean, I was—I thought, oh, God, I can see it in the papers now. You know, I thought I was going to be arrested or something. Poor old gentleman come in there, and here I am, bust. And I said, sir, are you all right? He said, all right. He said, I haven't felt this good in years. Everything's, I mean, God, you know, you can't tell me that the anointing is just there when you feel like it. It's, it's there sometimes in spite of you. <laughs> Not because of you, in spite of you. <laughs> That's why you're just sort of an in spite of anointing. Amen. And I remember when I was in the army, we used to every Friday we'd march out to the to the green there, and, and the old glory would be flying. And we'd all I was in the color guard. I had to break new starch, had spit shine boots, and a chrome helmet, and white gloves, and we'd march out there, big ceremony, and they begin to play the Star Spangled Banner. Man, you could feel the goosebumps just come across that crowd. There'd be several hundred men out there, just like, Shh. oh. I'm telling you, it felt just like the Holy Ghost. Hey, it did. I mean, I felt the Holy Ghost come that way, haven't you? All of a sudden, just like, whoom, like a big wave. But, you know, I don't believe it was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I just believe it was emotions. People thinking about home, wanting to be home, missing home. That stirred up something inside of them. That was back in the time when we still honored the flag and we pledged allegiance and we even prayed in school. You know, and most of us come out of that background here, that, that wave of strong emotion coming. You know, we can have that same thing in church. It doesn't have to be the Holy Ghost. Our emotions can do a lot of things that the Spirit does. Have you ever walked into a room where someone's been having an argument? And they, they hear you come and they quit. 
And you just sort of open the door and you walk into the... They're not saying anything. They're just standing there. But all of a sudden, you're thinking, I don't think I really want to be here. You're sensing this is a dangerous place to be. How many has ever had that happen? you understand? You know, what is it that you're feeling? Is that the Holy Ghost warning you? Don't go in there. They'll both kill you. I mean... <laughs> What? No, you're just picking up those emotions of someone who's really, they're upset or they're angry or whatever it is. And their emotions are so strong that it's, they're filling the room with, their, with the presence. That's, you know, our soul can emit emotions. It, our souls can actually counterfeit things that the Holy Spirit does. And if we want those things so bad, you know, if we want goosebumps and we want our hair standing on end and we want things that we have genuinely experienced in God in the past, and we're looking for those experiences, friend, I'll tell you that there's someone out there that will be glad to give you one. And it's not the Lord. And your own flesh can make up these, and make these things happen. So we need to understand that we've got to get beyond just feelings and beyond goosebumps. And I used to have a, a friend, I haven't seen him in years, but... Uh, whenever God wanted him to pray for people, his palms would begin to burn. And when he prayed for people, if the burning was just in both palms, he knew he was dealing with a physical sickness. But if it jumped from palm to palm, he knew he was dealing with a spirit. And he'd deal with it. What a great gift. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, just God, just light me up, you know, just do something. Be so easy. God just come along and give you a smack and say, okay. I mean, but he's so subtle, isn't he? Most of us don't have those kind of things. And, but if I started praying for that and looking for that, how many of you believe I could possibly find that? You understand what I'm saying to you? You know, you could begin your own body because of your intense desire could begin to produce that very same phenomenon in your own flesh. But there's no guarantee that it would be God. I don't know why I'm going into all this, because this has nothing to do with my notes, but someone needs to hear this this morning, apparently. So the anointing is the, it's the, it's, it's born out of our spirit. It does powerful things. I, I remember getting a word of knowledge for someone who had like a film over their eyes, and this brother came up afterward, another older gentleman, and uh, he's, he'd had cataracts, and he'd had one surgically removed, and he was go, to go in that week for the next one.